Welcome back to the Future is Green podcast. Today, we are reframing our perspective on seeds with regards to the complete seed and exploring the tremendous benefits packed in these little powerhouses. So Lydia, can you tell us what are seeds? Of course. Seeds are the part of a plant that houses the embryo of a future plant. They generally store nutrients and oils that contain high levels of fiber, vitamins, and monosaturated fats, serving as a good source of energy. While there are many seeds packed full of nutrients, we're going to focus on chia, flax, and hemp. All three of these seeds are vegan and gluten-free, contain alpha-linolenic acid, or ALA, the parent fat of omega-3 family, omega-3 essential fat, which means our bodies can't make it, and these all contain benefits that are well-established and, of course, backed by evidence-based research. So there are many seeds out there, and you may be wondering which is the best seed. Some are great, some are not so great. We'll get into that in a moment. But out of the ones we're going to be covering, each of them have their own individual strengths, and it really depends on the individual's desired benefit and the results they're seeking. So let's jump right into probably my favorite seed, the chia seed. So the chia seed comes from the plant Salvia Hispanica L, a major food crop in Guatemala and Mexico. It is believed that chia seeds were actually offered to Aztec gods as part of religious ceremonies way back in the day. So when I say that, we're talking about as early as 3500 BC. One ounce or 28 grams of chia seeds, just about that amount, provides approximately 5,000 milligrams of ALA omega-3 fatty acids. And just for perspective, that is between 312 to 454% of the recommended daily intake of ALA. And out of the three seeds we're going to be focusing on, so between chia, flax, and hemp seeds, chia seeds rank number one in their fiber content when compared to these other two. And with a one ounce serving again, we're going to see about 10 grams of fiber. Now, just as a note, all these servings are rather approximate. It is going to depend slightly on where you buy your seeds from. And then again, where those are actually coming from, where they're sourced from. So there are definitely going to be some slight variations. But going back to that one ounce serving, we're also going to see five grams of protein and nine grams of healthy fat. So chia seeds are also a great source of calcium. And they also include magnesium, phosphorus, potassium, selenium, and iron. And chia seeds, fun fact, can actually be used as a vegan substitute for eggs So this is done by combining one tablespoon or seven grams uh, approximately of chia seeds with three tablespoons of water for each egg replacement. This is not a replacement I have previously used, but when I found out about this, I'm definitely going to try it out in my next recipe. The next seed we're going to focus on is flax. Flax seeds are rooted back to the Republic of Georgia almost 30,000 years ago where they were used in textile production, and the earliest evidence of food-related use for this was in ancient Greece. They contain fiber, protein, potassium, and about 75 to 800 times more lignans than other plant foods. Lignans are a polyphenol, which is a type of antioxidant, and they are the richest source of anti-carcinogen lignans. And may reduce the risk of hormone-related cancers such as breast cancer. These are best introduced to your diet slowly and can be eaten when ground up. So the most common form of flax that you get at the store would be flax meal, and it's easily digestible. You can store it in the fridge or keep it 
in the pantry if it's you're using it as a dry good and this is the most cost effective seed that is popular to use it's easy to place on top of yogurt on top of an acai bowl in a smoothie or if you remember back to one of the fig favorite episodes one of my favorite late night treats would be a dish of blueberries with almond butter and flax seeds so that's a really fun tasty fiber rich treat to enjoy that sounds so fire. I might have to have that after we're done for my late night treat. So next we're going to jump into hemp or hemp hearts. So hemp is derived from the cannabis sativa plant and hemp hearts are the inner part of hemp seeds. And just to note, they do not contain significant amounts of CBD or THC. So one serving or about three tablespoons of hemp hearts offers about 50% of the recommended intake of magnesium, which is phenomenal, 13% of the recommended daily intake of iron, and this is compared to chia and flax again. So out of these three, it actually has the most protein per serving at 10 grams, which is almost as much protein as two eggs. Two eggs have about 12 grams of protein, so two whole eggs. And hemp hearts are considered a complete protein source because they contain all nine essential amino acids. So the essential amino acids are amino acids that our body cannot produce and thus we must consume them within our diet. And the fact that they have all nine is phenomenal. And they also contain phosphorus, thiamine, and zinc, uh, gamma, linolenic acid, GLA is also found in hemp hearts. And GLA is an omega-6 fatty acid, which is found in hemp, and it is only found in limited foods. So hemp is a great way to incorporate GLA into your diet. And GLA, there's ongoing research, but it is believed to play a role in managing inflammatory conditions. So let's just talk a little bit about sustainability with regards to hemp. So hemp can be cultivated in various climates and soil types, which make it an ideal seed. It grows rather quickly and typically requires less water than other crops, which reduces the need for toxins like pesticides, herbicides, and fungicides. So less chemicals being put into our food, which is great. And in terms of the future of hemp, it's very promising with regards to becoming a more sustainable alternative. So environmentally, it can replace cotton. So think about cotton in your clothes, and it can even be used as a biofuel. And there is talk that hemp may be able to replace plastic one day. So I thought that was very interesting. And hopefully it can be incorporated into different industries because it is such a great sustainable alternative. That's so promising. Great to hear. As we just heard, of course, all of the three seeds we focused on have so many health benefits and are really something to consider adding to your diet. However, there also are some seeds you might want to try to avoid. So the two that we're going to focus on today are tomato seeds and apple seeds. Tomato seeds are only a concern if consumed in large quantities due to them containing oxalate, which promotes the formation of kidney stones, which have not had them personally, but I know it's a very painful experience, so just steer clear of tomato seeds in bulk. Additionally, we recommend avoiding apple seeds. They do contain amygdalin, and when digested slash chewed, they release hydrogen cyanide, which is poisonous and can cause potential death. Now, consuming one apple is not going to result in instant death if you accidentally swallow a seed, but we're talking about approximately 18 apples, so hopefully that's not something you're doing regularly anyway, but 
If you are, please don't swallow the seeds. Uh, The cyanogenic compounds are in the seeds of other fruits as well, including cherries, peaches, plums, and apricots. So just be mindful when you're eating fruit, which is a great healthy snack, to not swallow the seeds. I've never personally tried to munch on (laughs) the seeds of like a peach or a plum. I think I would crack my tooth, but I found that like whole part of it just the toxicity about the seeds very interesting no super interesting especially if you're eating an apple you could accidentally very easily swallow a seed but i guess what we're just trying to say is one not not a point of concern multiple eh, a little hairy and with tomatoes too because i think a lot of places include the seeds in dishes they just you know take the whole tomato and get to work so just something to be mindful of but yes please do not bite on the pit or seed of a peach that would not be great for you or your dentist so we're going to talk about if seeds are a better choice than grains such as oats this is a question that comes up often and it's important to note that some foods can be actually characterized as both a grain and a seed so quinoa for example are seeds a better choice than grains such as oats you really have to take whatever grain you want to compare and look at the nutrient profile of that. So for example, chia seeds are made of 19% of protein. So they have a higher protein content than traditional grains like rice and wheat. But it's really about looking at that nutrient profile, like I was saying, and seeing if that aligns with what health benefit you're trying to achieve. It is really a case-by-case scenario. For sure. And I would say definitely also be mindful, of course, of any food intolerances you have. So personally, I'm gluten-free. So I do find that even when I'm consuming gluten-free grains, sometimes my body doesn't take to them as well as they do to seeds. So for an example, for like an easy overnight breakfast dish, overnight oats are extremely popular, but even sometimes gluten-free oats sometimes can upset my stomach. So opting for like an overnight chia seed pudding is a super tasty alternative. So easy too. It's like one less thing in the morning when you already have it done. For sure. So our study this week, the journal article is called The Comparison of Flax and Salva Chia Seeds. So Salva Chia is a type of chia seed on postprandial glycemia and satiety in healthy individuals, and it was a randomized controlled crossover study. So the aim of this study was to compare two nutritionally similar seeds, flax and chia seeds, and this was done by evaluating their effects on postprandial glycemia and satiety. So postprandial glycemia refers to the level of glucose in the bloodstream after eating a meal, so after you're ingesting the food. So elevated levels of postprandial glycemia can have negative health effects, and especially with regards to type 2 diabetes and other chronic metabolic diseases. There's been a little bit of previous research on flax and salvachia consumption, and this research focused on the benefits present because of the viscous fibers. So fiber viscosity is being highlighted and has been highlighted as a factor involved in the handling of food within the GI tract, specifically the rate of carbohydrate digestion and absorption, which ultimately affects the glycemic response and thus appetite. When we consume carbohydrates, they're broken down by the body into sugar. 
and the sugar enters the bloodstream. So once in the bloodstream, the sugar, primarily glucose, is transported to the cells throughout the body where it is used as fuel for energy production. And the process of breaking down glucose, a series of reactions, but it begins with glycolysis, a chain of reactions that converts each molecule of glucose into two smaller molecules of pyruvate. This happens in the stage two of cellular respiration. The pyruvate then undergoes further reactions that generates more energy through a process we refer to as the citric acid cycle or the Krebs cycle, and then the electron transport chain. So overall, the process of breaking down glucose involves complex biochemical reactions that occur in multiple stages within the body. And these reactions ultimately convert glucose into energy that is used to carry out essential functions within the body. So it's a bit of a tangent, but just to provide some background. So when talking about the glycemic response, that refers to the effect carb-containing foods has on blood sugar. The glycemic index is the range that measures the glycemic response typically experienced by individuals who ingest certain foods. So high glycemic index foods are rapidly digested. And so because they're digested so quickly, it causes a spike in blood sugar. Low GI foods are digested more slowly and promote a more gradual increase in blood sugar levels. So that is more optimal. Carbohydrate absorption and digestion affect the glycemic response because it influences how quickly glucose can enter the bloodstream. So compared to the chia seed, flax seeds have an increased fraction of soluble fiber, so they should have an increased efficacy of diminishing postprandial glycemia. Based on some preliminary observations by this research team, and I'll note that these preliminary observations were unpublished, but they basically found that although salvia has lower soluble fiber content, it increased the viscosity of liquid greater than flax. And so based on these preliminary results, it was suspected that the salvia will perform better than flax seeds in the presence of a glucose challenge due to its increased fiber viscosity. So on three separate occasions, 15 healthy participants were randomized and received a 50-gram glucose challenge either alone or supplemented with either salvia or flaxseed. And blood glucose samples and satiety scores were collected at fasting, so before they had this glucose with either the chia or the flax, and then over a two-hour time period postprandially. And they found that both salvia and flax seeds reduced blood glucose area under the curve over 120 minutes. Although nutritionally similar, salvia was more effective in affecting the postprandial outcomes by appearing to convert glucose into a slow-release carb and affected satiety to a greater extent than flax, likely due to its high-fiber viscosity. So we were saying we want the breakdown of glucose in our body to be slower to prevent those blood sugar spikes. And they found that salvia did that more effectively. Even though it was more effective, we did see, like we said, both salvia and flax reduced the blood glucose area under the curve, which basically means that incorporating either of these is likely beneficial. Although one performs slightly better than the other, we do know that there are substantial health benefits to both. That study was really impressive, and I think it just goes to show that there is significant evidence-based research to promote the inclusion of seeds in our diet. Some ways that we love to incorporate seeds into our diet is by 
cooking and crafting some tasty treats. So personally, like I mentioned earlier, there's an overnight oats style chia pudding that I love. And Ireland and I are both huge fans of energy bites. Love chia pudding. Love energy bites. I recently made energy bites for one of the first times last week and I had actually solicited Lydia for some advice because it was a tedious process in terms of forming them into the small balls. Looking back on that experience, I realized now I could have used a cookie dough scooper and that would have simplified it. So the next time I make them, I will be using that. But very easy. Just I think I threw some oatmeal, some ground flaxseed, some coconut flakes, almond butter, little mini chocolate chips, and honey. Lydia has made fire ones as well. I second this. I love the oat or the protein energy bites, whatever you want to call them. A lot of like local cafes where I'm from do sell them. And then where I'm living now in Miami, there's a place called Pura Vida that makes ones that are literally to die for. But Making them at home, like Ireland said, is a little bit tedious, but once you nail a recipe, it's pretty quick. They're very easy. They taste great and they're very customizable. So like we were saying earlier, if you decide that maybe grains aren't best for you, but you really love the benefits of seeds, you could make one that's more seedy and not as um, grain heavy. So maybe instead of oats, you would just do more flax or something you know just it's kind of like a trial and error process until you figure it out but then additionally like i mentioned i love chia pudding for overnight makes it a really easy grab and go breakfast on the way to class or on the way to work so i actually have one in the fridge right now and i'm not a huge fan of honey so i sub the honey for cinnamon so it was almond milk but i use the almond like milk brand because it's just cleaner simple ingredients um chia seeds of course a little bit of salt a little bit of cinnamon mix it together put it in the fridge overnight and then in the morning i'm gonna add chopped berries and maybe even a little like extra cinnamon on top just because i really i really love cinnamon but super easy and again that's customizable too because if you do like honey you can add that for sweetness if you want some extra protein you could probably add in protein powder it's not something i've tried yet but i think it would probably take well um or even uh, almond butter or peanut butter, or if you want to like really go ham, like a healthier version of Nutella drizzle on top in the morning would be a very good way to have it. Or that could even be like a dessert, you know, again, customizable. So super easy, super delicious and seed rich. And these can be so reflective of what you already have in your pantry. If you think of them like a kitchen sink bar, but <laughs> like for energy bites or even the chia pudding, in terms of what you can add. I'll also note with regards to the berries, I'm a big berry girl, but I found myself recently just not using them in enough time and they were going bad. So you can even buy like frozen berries and I put that in the overnight oats that I prep and it's one less thing. So if you don't want to have to worry about the berries going bad, you can get them frozen. Absolutely. Frozen fruit is actually just as nutrient dense as fresh fruit and that even could be a future episode if anyone is interested, let us know. A hundred percent. We touched on that a little bit with Dr. Cohen way back in the day, it feels like now, but she had made some great points just saying that if a fruit is frozen like pretty quickly after it's harvested, it typically eliminates some of those additional pesticides, fungicides, etc., that would be used to preserve it. So frozen fruit is often cheaper than fresh fruit. Like Lydia was saying, same nutrient profile. 
and often also contains less toxins. So that's a win-win. That's a tangent, but a win-win nonetheless. A win-win and a good flashback to one of our favorite episodes. We loved having Dr. Cohen on the pod, so be sure to go back and listen if you didn't get a chance to before. Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope you learned a lot about seeds and Keep your eyes peeled for some reels on the Instagram. We're going to be sharing our fig seed rich recipes with you very soon.